0: Sungle on 702. Live online. DSTV and 92.7 and 106 FM.
1: 13 minutes after 10 o'clock, I'm going to be speaking to Gerald Mwandiyambira, a financial expert, entrepreneur, author, and financial planner. His impressions of uh, some of the issues raised by the president on tonight's speech. Uh, Busy B, thank you very much, says that uh, there's going to be no sale of alcohol because that will only happen at level three. And uh, showing me uh, uh, some documents here um for the risk adjusted strategy for uh, for economic activity um so it appears that while we enter because we're only now going to enter level 4 uh, the sale of alcohol only happens at level 3 and that would obviously mean we would, we would we would have passed I suppose the test of compliance with level 4 questions are being raised about schools what does this mean for schools are schools public uh, public gatherings? Yeah, I would think so. I think that they are public gatherings in terms of the uh, of the spread of the virus. But uh, we heard from the president that uh, people such as the Minister of Basic Education uh, and, of course, uh, higher education uh, will tell us what the details, what the ramifications of these uh, measures are going to be for their various sectors. So I'm re- really looking forward to that. Uh, Gerald Mwandi Ambira joins me now. Uh, and uh, Gerald, thanks very much for joining us. Papaji, are you well?
0: Always a pleasure, bro, Aubrey. Great. And, um, yeah, we're back again having a discussion. And... Look, since our last conversation, the president has done some very critical, um, has made some critical calls. Remember yeah. the, last, um, the ending of our last conversation was we were concerned about the temperament of the South African people yep. and the fact that they weren't going to sit around at home before they start doing and demanding things. Yeah. And it was going to come from the most vulnerable. And what we've seen is the most vulnerable were addressed two, three days ago. Um, with those significant um, grant increases, although on a temporary basis, but you're looking at a child grant doubling for three months or is it six months? Six months. Um, And and essentially an unemployment grant, which has never been done before, 350. So that means that you've pretty much, you know, poured water on that fire, which could have risen in the next month or so. Um, The second thing that's happened is the government and the president have given the country direction. Um, by us having these stages, um, it gives the economy a focal point. Um, it, it doesn't hide from the fact that we are still under lockdown for quite a bit, because even if they do a weekly or bi weekly level reviews, um, best case scenario, the majority of South Africans will only be back to normal economic activity at least four weeks from now. So... They've cleverly done it. Um, the PR has been done very well. And we've all just accepted an extra month of lockdown minimum, an extra two months if they do bi-weekly reviews of the levels.
1: Yeah. I. It remains to be seen whether we've all accepted it. I mean, if I, if uh, anything is to be said by the conversation I've just had with uh, Peter Bruce of uh, Sunday Times and other publications is that South Africans won't shut up, <laughs> you know South Africans are just like that, we just don't shut up about anything, and and for me, it's a good thing. It holds government and the authorities to a, a very very high uh, standard of accountability. But from where you stand, you think that he's covered all of his bases. what do you make of the well, fact that alcohol won't be sold over this time?
0: So the alcohol issue will obviously be a burning issue, but I think the smokers were actually a lot more militant and um smoking con- contributes more to the fiscus than alcohol. So really? you know no well, alcohol does do more, but in terms of the smoker lobby it seems to be a lot more powerful yeah. um than the alcohol one and the, then there's the social connotations that alcohol is seen as bad and dirty, where smoking is, is a social distance drug. You do it on your own and you're not bothering anyone really, yeah. except yourself. Yeah. So I think that's why the smokers probably got um, relief quicker than the, the alcohol consumers. Yeah. But I think, you know, in terms of the mitigating the main risks which were public discourse and dissent in terms of um, food not being available... Um, it's been dealt with. Um, they've put in place a voucher system, um, which I understand. I did some research. It's always been there. The Department of Social Development has always had food parcels. They're not new. <laughs> it's just that um, they just didn't tell anyone these things used to happen or were happening. So now um, I think we've we, taken the government to a new level of accountability. Yeah. I don't think the ANC government will ever... Uh, um, Find themselves in the places they used to be, where they are not accountable this time around, the, the, the country is really um, making them jump, and we are measuring how high they jump every time they announce something. My biggest concern remains the administration side of the five hundred billion which was announced, um, which will go out. Um, if it's done properly it's going to put a lot into the economy. We could actually see the economy recover quite nicely. already, the food sector should see a good rebound. Um, on activity. The textile sector, which had died, has been revived, um, making masks. So I think the government has played their cards right. Um, Let's just pray that in terms of the relief and the measures to support business, they actually do get through to the end business users and that it doesn't get consumed in the old style ANC government behavior.
1: That continues to be the the, 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 red herring, if you want to call it that, uh, in this conversation, will government be able to follow up practically on some of the measures that the president has, uh, has, has announced today and, of course, on Tuesday around the whole issue of the 500 billion rands that, uh, batches, there are certain businesses that are going to be allowed to resume starting, uh, I suppose on the 2nd of May, because 1st of May is a holiday. Yeah. Um, and we were told that, uh, that people will not be allowed to start their business with the full complement of the full headcount of their businesses. (laughs) Only a third of the people who work for that company will be allowed to start working. Um, uh, Government is continuing to uh, encourage people to work at home if they can. What do you make of this gradual process of resuming business? I think that's that 's
0: one way that 's the only way we can control the spread of the virus so you 're probably going to see the sectors which can can control their workforces very efficiently in terms of social distancing coming online first so i would, I' would definitely say mining and construction probably at the top of the list um, and at the bottom of the list is going to be retail and schools and unfortunately that 's where the vast majority um of south africans um Uh, believe normality returns and resumes. But I think, yes, we're going to start seeing the economic cog starting to come back to life, and that is an encouraging statement. And um, for the rest of us, I think we we just have to wait and see in terms of um, can government do the practical bit. Um, Some of the money which the government has to disburse, I saw they outsourced it to the banks, Um, and I think that's a good sign because... Uh, we also co- conversed the last time that we didn't see the government upskilling itself or hiring more resources to do all this extra work. Yeah. Um, and it was a concern that you can't suddenly distribute $500 billion with the same amount of people who can't distribute the money every year, which they had before. Um, so I think, you know, the banks participating in supporting business will help. Although I have a red flag, I'm not a particularly big fan of banks Um, giving away um, distributing money to businesses who who are struggling because by their very nature banks don't like businesses that are struggling so how are we going to find that balance in terms of the money actually going out to businesses in distress when by their very nature banks run for the hills when they see a business in distress
1: i hear you uh the The issue of which industries will take priority in this whole gradual process of reopening the account is something that was raised quite strongly by my previous commentator, Peter Bruce, uh, suggesting that... uh, there, is, there seems to be, at least from the president's speech today, and maybe we'll get a different story from uh, the various ministers as they give us clarity and detail, mm. but there seems to be no plan as to which businesses, which sectors will be prioritized for this gradual opening. That may raise another um, mm. uh, issue, another problem, politically uh, speaking this time, Gerald. Uh, what do you make I, of that? Which, which I, sectors should get priority for the opening, reopening of the economy? I think the, the
0: president did not mention any sectors because they don't know. I think what he's going to do is gather his cabinet and they effectively have to lobby for their own ministry or department to get preference. The ones we are pretty certain of are the ones which are heavily unionized. The heavily unionized sectors will go back to work sooner rather than everyone else because um, government has a political Um, incentive and a political will to keep peace with the union. So mining, definitely. Construction, definitely. Um, The one which will probably cause the most headaches in the long run will be retail and hospitality and tourism because they are also significant employers, um, especially to other industries in terms of supply chain, etc. But unfortunately, um, they are also the highest risk in terms of um, the contagion effects and spreading the virus.
1: If you look into your crystal ball, Baba G, and you look at whether or not our economy—because I think that is the race for all economies that have gone through some sort of lockdown globally—the global question of whether or not we will take up the opportunities that arise economically f- um, as a result of COVID nine, uh, mm. I mean nineteen, sorry, as a result of COVID nineteen. Um, do you think that this is s- these measures, these decisions made uh, or announced today by the president are, are going to effectively position us to take mm. up the opportunities that arise as a result of the lockdown of a global economy? Do you think we'll be able to identify and take up those opportunities?
0: Well, look, we've released, um, the president has released 10% of GDP into a struggling economy. That if that money makes its way into the economy and is recycled is going to see an uptick and will definitely get some economic growth going. It will also revive some struggling sectors of the economy. So in terms of all the actions and the decisions that have been taken, you can you can pretty much say that we will come out ahead of where we were before COVID nineteen but the question will always remain implementation do we have um the appetite to do it properly and remember we're still dealing with the anc because the the president and the executive have always known what they want to do um however the party has got its own uh, its own agenda. So I would say if we can see um, efficiencies of 75, 80% of the money going straight back uh, into the economy, yes, we're going to come out ahead of where we were before COVID-19, and we will come out a better economy. But we will have created new problems because, remember, it's an election year soon, and um, these new um, grant payments and increases, they're not going back down. I don't see them... I don't see the people receiving extra money accepting six months down the line to go back to poverty. It's not going to happen. I think um, that's where we need to ensure that um, this is done efficiently, that the economy grows, so that by the time we reach that point, the economy can sustain these increases.
1: So you're saying that uh, this is almost a suicidal sort of measure of uh, providing unemployment re- relief of 350 uh, rands per month um, mm-hmm. and the increasing of the grants. Do you think that that is maybe a so suicidal thing for for, for us as, in, as an economy? I think it's do or die.
0: I think the, the government is banking on the fact that the money does get down to business and we do see economic activity picking up and employment will start to increase. Therefore, they can phase out the unemployment bit uh, because there will be jobs which are being created. The bit which I think will remain will be the increases on the existing grant beneficiary um, in terms of they're going to say, if you could pay us a little bit more during COVID-19, why are you taking it away? But it's all all hanging in, in, in the air in terms of can the government deliver? We know that the biggest protest you see in South Africa is service delivery, and they don't have a good track record of delivering basic services. Will they be able to do a complex task of reviving
1: an economy? Where is this money coming from, Gerald? This 500 billion. Where where (laughs) exactly is this money coming from? I mean, I've seen a number of commentators suggest certain things, and I don't want to entertain them at the moment Mm. because I'm not really Mm. sure. But... Uh, where is this money coming okay. from, and how are we going to pay it back? Given the fact that pre-lockdown, we were told we were in the most untenable reality as far as um, as, as, as 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 revenue I'm and breaking. fund is concerned. Where is this yeah. money coming
0: from? Well, look, um,
1: prior to COVID nineteen, we were investment
0: grade country, and normally the World Bank and the IMF don't talk to countries which are investment grade. So our downgrade is actually working in our favor because so suddenly we qualify um, as the best qualifier for money from the IMF and the World Bank. So I reckon a lot of this $500 billion is coming directly from the IMF and the World Bank, which is a whole kettle of fish mm-hmm. which we'll only discover after COVID-19 is blown through and they start disclosing the terms. Um, of these loans, normally World Bank and IMF money is near zero percent. But where they usually get you is that they put some conditions which um, are normally not that favorable for you in the long run. But I don't. The money is not coming internally. No, I am. I'm, I'm. I'm pretty certain that it's coming from the World Bank and external lenders. And in terms of um, rating amongst the poor countries, South Africa is right at the top. They can get as much as they want, really. Um, but yes, it is going to put pressure on the fiscus, um after COVID-19. And also we we, we we pray that, you know, with the suspension of the Public Finance Management Act, that we're not also going to see a whole lot of shady deals where, you know, um, face masks were sold for a thousand rand each or mm. something because we've seen it before and that is our worst fear.
1: Well, you know, the fact that we are seeing Government almost conceding to the fact that SAA has seen its day, right? I mean, uh, uh, the... The practitioners, what do they call these business rescue practitioners went back to, um, to the government to ask for 10 billion rand. Government said to them, the money is not there. And suddenly we see we've got 500 billion rands. So I, I would agree with you that perhaps that 500 billion is not coming from directly from our fiscus. It might be coming from somewhere else. And it, it does, as you point out, raise all sorts of questions as to how do we pay it back? Who owns us now? Um, those questions will be raised. But for now, um, you believe that the measures that have been taken are, I suppose, inevitable. It's not rocket science. This is what must happen.
0: I think, yes, the measures is what must happen. SAA, if Richard Branson, one of the world's greatest entrepreneurs, cannot save his airline, is actually g- tried to give an island back to the UK as and, and collateral to save his airline. If Virgin Atlantic can't survive, SAA won't survive. So the airline sector globally is going to be in, you know, re- greatly reduced after COVID-19, um, and it's going to change shape. So I think you know, even ESCOM, you saw that they started implementing uh, Force Majeure, uh, clauses on their suppliers. And again, you know, that might end up having a domino effect yeah. um, on them and their, and then the people they owe.
1: <laughs> Gerald Mwandyambira, Papa G financial expert, entrepreneur, author and financial planner. Thank you very much, very much for your time.